Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Jordan Nobbs, and you're listening to the Arsenal Women Arsecast. Wait, I do that again. Sorry. Hi, I'm Jordan Nobbs, and you're listening to the Arsenal Women Arsecast on askblog.com. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Women Arsecast on Arsblog.com, the best podcast dedicated to the Arsenal women's team because it's the only podcast dedicated to the Arsenal women's team. You're joined by your two hosts as usual, myself, Tim Stillman, and as ever, joined by Pippa Monique. Pippa, how are you doing? Hello. Good, good, good. I'm good, thanks. Looking forward to Sunday, North London Derby at the oh, new Spurs my- Stadium. You can't even imagine how excited I am for this. Have Have you been there yet? Before I know you did some filming outside the stadium yeah. this weekend, but have you been oh inside yet? I haven't been inside, and I know it's going to be crazy for you to say this as an Arsenal fan, but it actually looks like a really nice stadium, uh, and I'm actually excited to see what it looks like inside, and excited to take all three points as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've I've not been there since it's been rebuilt either, and uh, yeah, looking forward to to covering that for the site as usual, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, looking forward to a resounding win. Um, but that's not what we're going to talk about this month um, on the podcast. Uh, eagle-eyed uh, listeners will have noticed that Arsenal have had, for quite a few years, some quite high-profile Dutch players. And uh, so Pippa and I figured, why don't we do an episode on these high-profile Dutch players? And who better to do the episode with than Dutch women's football journalist Anne-Marie Postner? Anne-Marie, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. (laughs) And Anne-Marie, first of all, just to kind of introduce yourself to the listeners, can you talk a little bit about um, kind of, I guess, what you do uh, around the Dutch uh, women's national team? And I believe you wrote a book about them as well. Yeah, um, I actually, I published two books. um, And one, the first one was in 2017, right before the Euros in the Netherlands. uh, And I kind of portrayed all the players because well nobody knew who they were so we made a book which with 11 portraits and then stories in between about uh, how they um, yeah how they finance their uh, living right because it was kind of hard uh, back then yeah. uh, and we're only talking about two years uh, ago so that's crazy <laughs> um, and then before the World Cup when they qualified for the second time we decided to come up with another book um, which kind of describes what happened after winning the Euros and then the two years following, yeah, how the world uh, had changed for them. So, yeah. And and you you cover pretty much every game. You, I, we're recording this during the international break. You you were in Turkey, right, when they when they won eight nil the other night. 
Yes, yes, I was there. I uh, I work. I, I write as a freelancer, so I have different newspapers and magazines that I uh, write for. And then when the national team plays, there's a bit of uh, work for TV I'm doing behind the scenes, which I like as well. Um, just kind of, they're using my expertise. <laughs> my <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was in Turkey and they had a massive win, which was nice, it's good. And then tomorrow, Tuesday, they will play against Slovenia at home. Excellent. So why don't we get into a bit of a discussion then um, about some of Arsenal's Dutch players? Pippa? Should we start with Daniel van der Donk? Why not? Yeah? All I good things start with DVD. start with DVD, yes. Yeah, she is such a cool character and I love speaking to her uh, after the games, uh, even just in general and especially interviewing her. But I would love to know, Anne-Marie, like, what was it like? How was she perceived in the Netherlands, first of all? Oh, really well. Um, the thing was, I think she was underestimated for a really long time. And um, we spoke about that, uh, me and her, for uh, a couple of times. And where she actually, yeah, she said the same thing. She felt that. She felt that people didn't see what she was capable of mm-hmm. um, and that the attention was going to other players. Um, and I think uh, last year already a bit, and especially this year, she, she is shining you know she and yeah. and people uh finally finally acknowledge what she's capable of um and that does her really well like you can see her brighten up yeah and i'm talking about her performance in the national team because at arsenal people already know that but she's had some difficulties that people back home uh, uh didn't yeah didn't see that and she didn't get enough credits for it she thought um and now it, it, it's coming um and I think every journalist, the first time they talk to Danielle van der Donk, they are all blown away. <laughs> I, was just, I was just about to ask you, what was all your of first, them. Like your first impression of her when you interviewed her for the first time? Oh, well, yeah, she is, oh my God, she's everywhere. <laughs> she's all over the place. Um, yeah. But she is very friendly, very nice. Um, and she hasn't changed a bit. When you say everywhere and all over the place, you mean like she's like a big ball of energy, right? Yeah, big ball yeah. of energy. And, and she's always willing to talk to you. So she's, uh, even if she's not in a really good mood, which rarely ever happens, she will always talk to you. And she looks you in the eye. She knows who you are. Um, and uh, she, she she's looking away. She doesn't ignore people. Um, she's always asking how you are, <laughs> which is Aww. kind of funny. Yeah, so... Um, I like her. You, you have to be careful, of course, because, um, I mean, I'm a journalist, so I shouldn't, you know, I should always ask the right questions instead mm-hmm. of l- liking people. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's so uh, hard not to like her. I know, because every time I'm in London, she she's like, did you, did you get here by train again? Shall I give you a ride to the station? So she drives mm-hmm. to the station and then she offers things like that. So that's really, Aww. really cool. And um, uh yeah, so that's that's her personality, and and every everyone can tell that, and that's really good. And I think she has that same influence on the Dutch team with her personality. You know, always happy, yeah. always, uh, yeah. But um, I mean, on the pitch, she's a different person, kind of a bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a bit we, more aggressive. Yes, and, <laughs> um, we called her the penalty queen, like the the Schwalbe Schwalbe queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah laying down in the box quite often uh, and she's yeah she's more aggressive and uh yeah but she's really really cool i like her 
what's her interviews like in her native tongue because when we speak to her obviously over here in english it's always quite funny speaking to her because obviously at, th at first she wasn't comfortable um but now she's got the knack of it but i want to know if she has that same like characteristics come through when she speaks in her native tongue or is she more serious oh no no i i don't even think she's aware of the cameras or or notebooks or whatever she just blurs everything out and um uh, uh, that's still great about women's football and and like i said she hasn't changed much um i think she's more choosing her words but that's every player player is doing that since they mm. won the euros so um yeah that but um no she just she stumbles in uh, the mix zone and she starts babbling to everyone and then uh, yeah <laughs> no and she's funny she always gets she's fun, super yeah. funny yeah yeah i was gonna say i i don't feel like she chooses her words when when i interview her she's always like um i remember interviewing her after arsenal played birmingham last season and arsenal went one nil up and birmingham equalized straight away and i asked her about it and she just said uh yeah yeah that was really shit uh, <laughs> and uh, she's she's like yeah yeah she's she's quite she's quite good value in that respect did you guys see the post um on twitter from um a polish supporter who went to Boreham Wood um, a couple of weeks ago, and um, no, what was it? So th th this uh, this Polish fan had, had gone, and she's not even an Arsenal fan, just a huge DVD fan, and she went and mm -hmm. spoke to her after the game, and she gave us some Polish sweets, and a DVD kind of said, "Oh, have you come here from Poland?" And she said, "Yes, I, I just came to see you." And so uh, Dan went to her car and got some boots out and said, "These are the boots I wore at the World Cup. I want you to have them." Oh, so this, my God. yeah, this, this like this young woman who'd just come from Poland just to see Danielle Vanderdonk ended up going home with a pair of her boots that she'd worn in the World Cup final. So I, I think that like that is so amazing. Really gets across oh. like the type of person she is, you know. I know because I'm sure that fan would have been pretty much happy just meeting DVD, but then getting the boots as well just made the trip even more worth it. Exactly, exactly, and she's yeah, she's she's a a, a lovely kind of bubbly personality um someone i've got a lot of time for um someone else i've got a lot of time for who probably hasn't got a bubbly personality um is uh, <laughs> is is vivian Miedema, um who is um i i think a very likable character in in a very different way but before we talk about viv amongst ourselves um i had mm -hmm. the opportunity to talk to leah williamson about viv um, a couple of weeks ago at London Colney and uh, it's a really interesting insight into what Viv's like as a teammate so we're just going to run that now So Leah, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, Vivian Miedema um, Last season, I mean I was at almost every game last season I only spoke to Viv I think once or twice because from a content point of view this sounds like a weird thing to say Viv wasn't interesting because it's really difficult to make continued excellence interesting. It's yeah. like Arsenal 1-4-0 and Viv scored a hat-trick again. Great. Yeah. Like, um, if I wrote an article tomorrow about Lionel Messi being brilliant, no one re would read it because everyone knows. Yeah. Um, and so in many ways, that's one of the reasons I didn't speak to her that often, but actually I've kind of revised that because I do think she's very interesting in a few ways. Um, one of the theories I have about Viv, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, I've got this theory that she doesn't care about scoring goals, that it's not important to her, 
that she just happens to be really good at it. Yeah. And and that's why she's so calm in front of goal. She doesn't feel any pressure or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I still think she sees herself as more of a 10 than a 9 because every time I speak to her, she wants to talk about her assists and not her goals. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you think I'm on the right track here? I think you're absolutely on the right track. Um, for somebody so excellent, like you say, uh, you know, she really isn't bothered by the the individual sort of shout outs that goals bring um, she is very very good at it um, so it, you know if she is if she does consider herself as more of a 10 she shot herself right in the foot because nobody <laughs> will ever use her there again um, but no I, I think the the best thing about Viv and something that Joe's referred to quite a lot is is her ability to score goals but also to to set them up um, she's integral to the way that we play um, mm. so yeah I think yeah for somebody so excellent she is absolutely unfazed by the amount of goals or or yeah sort of individual shouts of excellence that she mm. gets from anybody else yeah and um, a kind of I think as a, as a personality she's really interesting as well and um, actually the times I've spoken to her she reminds me a bit of Kelly Smith in that she's, I'd say she comes across to me anyway as quite introverted yeah. and quite quiet. But I somehow doubt, like, if you annoy Vivian Miedema, I get the impression that you know you've annoyed yeah. Vivian Miedema. And I think I might have annoyed her a couple of times, <laughs> quite frankly. Like, she's, she comes across to me as quite quiet, but she says what she means and she means what she says. Again, is, is that the Vivian Miedema you see um, at the training ground every day? Yeah, I think um, you can have a lot of different leaders or leadership qualities um, that people have in them. And I think Kelly, one of Kelly's was leading by example. And when she did speak, she, she wasn't necessarily um, overly talkative as a, as a captain and as a leader, but she was, when she did say something, you listened. And Viv does have, have that about her um, she's annoying because most of the time she's right <laughs> in what she says <laughs> which can be annoying especially when she's talking about you but you know it's it's um, for somebody I get told quite a lot that I'm quite mature Viv makes me feel 10 years old um, she's knows so much about so much um, and she is confident in, in her opinion and, and what she believes in so yeah if she if she thinks something then she won't hesitate to tell you. Um, she, you know, she's quite. It's it's a good thing to have people like that in your team. Um, but also in women's football, you know, the way that she says what needs to be said and and sort of paves the way and and is willing to fight for the rights of us all. Um, yeah, I think she is. She's a well-rounded person. I think in that sense, you know, if we're talking about Viv completely off of the pitch, I, I have so much respect for her. You know, despite what she does on the pitch so much respect for her and um, I could say as somebody who's actually the same age and relatively mature herself I like to think she makes me feel very inadequate a lot of the time <laughs> and uh, well, I, I asked her um, in the pouring rain against Brighton about um, not being included in the FIFA Pro World 11 mm-hmm. um, and she told me uh, like the way I phrased the question right was I said I believe you when you tell when you say that you don't care about personal awards. I believe you because every player says that, but I don't think they all really mean it. And I think yeah. that's fine. That's just human nature. But I really believe it yeah. doesn't care, um, and in many respects, that's why she doesn't get the accolades. Um, and then she said. Uh, you know, I think it's a joke. So there's Viv being laconic again and telling you what she thinks in very few words. What was the reaction of the rest of the group 
um, perhaps on the night of the FIFA Best Awards when you know, with all due respect, Marta, brilliant player, or has been a brilliant player, but injured most of the year, injured for the World Cup, hasn't done an awful lot this year, and I think it's clear that she got voted because she was more famous, perhaps, yeah. than Vivian Miedema. So how how did the team, you know, I know it's probably not like your main objective for the season, but how, I guess, what was the discussion the next day when Viv wasn't in it? Yeah, I think you look at, even if you just went off of what's on paper, she reached the World Cup final um, she was top broke records in the WSL top goal scorer in one I think potentially the most competitive league in the world and I haven't played anywhere else so that is obviously a, a, an opinion and, and from what I hear but I think it is also a joke um, how far down she was as well and how far away she was from it uh, she, you know, she would be in my t- team if if I picked. But also, something was brought to my attention in that a couple of the WSL, you know, we have the we have the opportunity to vote for that as players, and um, I think quite a lot of the WSL teams potentially didn't, which makes more sense. But I think overall, the fact that it's evaded her and the fact that people aren't highlighting her um, does say a lot about Viv, and she is she is happy to lay low and just do her job. Um, but yeah I think especially for the age that she's at I can't believe that she doesn't make more waves and that I can't believe you know we, 100% you look at Marta and the, the respect that she has from everybody I think also contributes to, to the votes for those sorts of things but definitely you know for, for a player that's played so many games scored so many goals and reached the World Cup final it's just it, yeah I also think it's a, a bit of a joke that she's not in it so um, yeah I think as a team it's almost a, a good thing for us because we're like okay you don't talk about her and we'll just keep her here and protect mm. her and let her do the job for us um, but obviously yeah it's it's beyond any of us that she doesn't get the recognition that she deserves and kind of final question on Viv how how far do you think she can go in terms of um, her standing at Arsenal I, I've i been watching Arsenal latest slash women for about 25 years so I saw like Marianne Spacey saw like Kelly yeah. Smith um, and Faye White and great players like that and I mean I think she's she could exceed um, even someone like Kelly Smith um, you know assuming she stays at Arsenal for long enough but yeah. how how do you see her um, you know against I guess like in a few years against the likes of Megan Rapinoe and Marta and these kind of legends of the women's game yeah I think um, I think the, the best thing about Viv is that what she has to say is actually brilliant um, like I say in terms of what she fights for and what she believes in I actually think she has the capability of you know the the impact of somebody like Megan Pino like you say who, who on and off the pitch is so loud um, but yeah I just think the age that Viv's at I just think the world is literally her oyster and I, I hope she stays here for, for a while and I hope that she becomes that, that legend that she should be here because the, the amount of, of goals alone takes her takes her up there so um, yeah I think you know you often look at other people and you think oh you envy them for different reasons I envy Viv because she could literally do whatever she wants and that's the way on the pitch off the pitch um, I think she's pretty much capable of anything so it's it's just down to her and um, I think that's like I say I think that's the best bit because when Viv wants to do something she doesn't here here okay <laughs> Leah thank you very much no for that worries. insight
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So there are a few things um, that really kind of came out of, of my chat with Leah that, um, that, that I, I kind of want to pick up on. And the, and the first thing is Leah spoke about Viv's maturity. Um, and, you know, she's only just turned 23 and obviously achieved so much in the game, Anne-Marie. Mm-hmm. And um, what, what there's a kind of, I, I don't think it's fair to say it's a contradiction, but in Viv, the, the thing that I find really interesting about her personality is on one hand, she's quite shy and she's certainly very reluctant about the spotlight not in um not in an unkind way i just i think she's quite an unaffected person but on Mm. the other hand when you do speak to her she really does speak her mind is that is that what's come across in your chats with vivian medema yes it's, it's, it's like you said um i was always in the beginning i was always afraid of talking to her yeah um, yep. i remember i exactly remember the moment we first met and uh it was in 2014 and the netherlands had just played the final qualification game against italy the playoffs and they qualified for the world cup in canada for the first time um and Midema scored twice uh, so at, after the game, obviously everyone was just you know really happy and and we hadn't talked uh, a bit. But then on the way back, I was the only one going back to the Netherlands from Italy via Germany because I had the cheapest ticket ever. I had to pay it myself. So I was I was um, going to Germany and she played for Bayern Munich her first season there. Mm. So who was waiting for the same plane? It was Miedema. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I don't know why it made me so nervous, but she already, like, she was way younger than me, but she had such an, a personality and appearance. And I was like, oh, God, that, that's her. Um, and I was like, I, I kind of, I want to interview her in Germany. Like, that she's going to mm-hmm. be a big star, and I need to be the first one to speak to her in Germany. So I walked up to her and um, shaking legs, I don't know, I have no idea why. And she looked at me and I was like, oh dear, she's gonna kill me. (laughs) And I was actually the one turning up late because my plane had a delay uh, during the match. So I missed her first goal. And the first thing she said to me, she's like, you were the journalist that was late yesterday night. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, Gosh, I know. <laughs> but, um, and I had no idea what she thought of me. And then at the end, she turned to me and she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm just really tired. I want to go to bed. If you're coming to Germany, here's my number and everything will be fine. 
And then I just prayed that I wasn't seated next to her, of course. <laughs> um, and we weren't. So, um, yeah, a month later, I think I was in Germany. And, um, yeah, that was that was amazing. And since then, I, I think, yeah, we build up kind of a relationship like journalist and player um, where she's always really honest, yeah. always. And yeah. like you said, she looks you in the eye. Uh, she says what she wants to say. But not to everyone. Yep. She can. She if she doesn't like a journalist, you you can tell. You can totally tell. Like sometimes I look on, on the on on a side, and if there is like one of those gossip journalists from Gossip TV, whatever, <laughs> she knows it, and she will give she will give really short answers, and um, yeah, you can just you can tell she doesn't like everyone. <laughs> yeah, I so I. I spoke to her um, after Arsenal played Brighton in September um, with, with no notion that, that, of what she was going to tell me. Well, no, I had a little notion, to be honest, because I, I know Viv and I know she says what she means and she means what she says. But um, people will remember this, like, at about two minutes before the final whistle of that Brighton game, I was like, right, I've got to speak to Viv because mm -hmm. the Thief Pro World 11 of the year has come out. She's not in it. And I just want to ask her about that, basically. And she'd scored a brilliant goal, as she always does. Um, and it and the heavens just opened. It started pouring down with rain. And I was stood there in the mix zone at Boreham Wood, which is completely uncovered with an umbrella. And I called her over um, and she, you know, she didn't want to do the interview clearly purely because yeah. it was raining and I completely don't blame her because I didn't really want to do it either but you know got a job to do and all of that and I, I called her over and she came over um, and I, I put the umbrella over I said do you want to get under the umbrella and she said uh, no I want to go inside <laughs> and, and straight away I was like oh do you you don't have to do this you know and she's and she was like no 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 so i'm only joking i'm only joking um and that's when i asked her about not being in the thief pro world 11 and she said um i don't give a shit about awards but it's a joke and you know real like mic drop moment and and i'll admit i kind of knew she was going to say something like that because i i think i know her well enough by now to kind of um, to know that uh, her kind of personality. Um, what what was the reaction in the Netherlands, Amory, when she was kind of when she wasn't um, voted into the the World Eleven of the Year? Oh, crazy! <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's it, to be honest, it's not the biggest thing yet. I mean, everyone was still looking at the men, you know. So we were more talking about that in the media. It got more attention, but. Um, I think it, it all it sums it all up what happened and and Midema said it too it's it's people don't have the knowledge yet you know I mean who would who would think about that I mean Lika Martins put was put first like before Midema who mm. comes up with that so it's 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 just basic knowledge and and don't not many people have that about the women's game um and and I spoke to her uh, about her comment because I, I I of course I, I read I read it um and she said well you know um she appreciated the the award she got for the london the the london awards mm, yeah she said those were you know the, those are players i play against every week uh, those are my teammates the coaches the managers um so she really appreciated that because she knew the people that had voted and now she's like i don't know who voted or i don't know who came up with this mm. and yeah she she said it's a big joke 
Anna, I, I guess uh, I'd like to kind of come on to um, her role in the national team um, tactically because it's it's fairly different to her role with Arsenal. And actually, when she left Bayern Munich for Arsenal, she kind of said that she didn't like this kind of target striker role that she'd been given at Bayern and Bayern were playing lots of long balls. And and yeah, and a, a phrase really... So I, I got to speak to her at London Colney um, not long ago uh, and we'll drop bits of that interview in. And, and the phrase that jumped out on me, she said, I love football. I love playing football. And um, and yeah, and I, I had the opportunity to, to ask her about the difference between her role for the Netherlands um, and her role for Arsenal. And here's what, here's what she said. Would you say that your role for the national team and your role for Arsenal, are they different at all tactically? Um, and if so, how do they differ? Um, I'd like the, I would like if they were the exact same. Uh, I think I've got a bit more freedom here at Arsenal, like especially on the pitch. Um, I know my role off the pitch. I think it's very clear, like as well as national team as here. Uh, I'm always going to be one of the more experienced players, and I've got that certain role in the team that I need to try and get everyone with me and keep them, yeah, keep them ready for the game. If that makes sense. But on the pitch, uh, I will, I have to say as well, like it has become better at national team. Like I've got a bit more freedom now, but especially here with Joe, the way we want to play, I think that kind of brings out the best in me. And I can drop in, I can pick the balls up whenever I want to, and that's the kind of game I want to play. And I'm really happy about that. Is there anything in that answer, Amory, that surprises you? Because again, she was fairly candid when she said, you know, she wishes sometimes she had more freedom in the national team. Is that is that something that you've sensed? Yeah, I sensed it. Uh, she she never she never said it when, when at any press moment when she's here. I think just um, yeah, because when she's here, she's here for the national team. So I think she she doesn't mention it that often because that you know she doesn't want to sound ungrateful or whatever. Um, but yeah, you you can sense it because I've seen many matches of the Arsenal women, and and you can just tell it's a different game. Um, I have to say that the Dutch style style of playing could be different as well, right? Because mm-hmm. we have we've always had the typical wingers, and and now we have two wingers like Lika Martens, Shanice van der Sanden, especially Shanice van der Sanden. She's so fast, mm-hmm. so you gotta have that person in the box. And at this moment, with someone that that everything she touches that it's a goal so you got to have that person in the box and we don't have anyone else than Midema at this point so I don't think she can she at this point she will get another role that she would really like but then I mean <laughs> she like you said she watches football the whole day like her first monthly salary she got at Arsenal she bought this flat screen that covered her whole wall in her place <laughs> Um, when I interviewed her at home, there was a match going on. I don't even know which division, but she was watching. <laughs> and she was focused on the match and she was focused on me. And it was like uh, chaos. Um, she loves the game and she loves to be more involved. I think she wants to tell people where to go. You know, you can see her point. Or, and when, she, when she's unhappy, she actually drops to the number 10. Mm. Um, and she gets the ball herself <laughs> and she's kind of directing the game and then when once the Netherlands scored or she has scored you can see her relax and she's mm. like okay okay that's done we have our first goal and then she's the number nine again so that's yeah. actually yeah it's, it's funny to watch yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I had an opportunity to ask her about that, actually, because I've, I've always suspected that she prefers to think of herself as a number 10. She started her career that way. Um, and whenever I speak to her, she never wants to talk about her goals. She wants to talk about her assists. And, and I think I've always suspected that. And I, I, I asked her about that directly. And um, uh, this was her response, which I wasn't surprised by. I've had this theory, and you can tell me if I'm wrong about you for a while, that kind of um, in your mind, you think more like a number 10 than a number nine. And that's actually the part of the game that you really enjoy and that scoring goals necessarily isn't your driver and what inspires you. Um, for example, you don't take penalties. Um, am, am I on to something there? No, like I've always played as a 10. Like, I'd say if I come in somewhere or like if a coach would ask me what should be for the position, I would always say, like, I'm a 10. But I think, uh, obviously, the way I'm playing as a 9 here, like, I do have my goal scoring, like, qualities. But as you said, like, I still rather probably set up other people as like being set up. Uh, I always try to try to look for the ball through. I always try to see if there's anyone standing better in front of the goal as I do. Like I think that's just the type of player I am. So I think you're quite right there. To be fair, but um, yeah, like what I said, like I'm not bothered about not scoring for one or two games if I know that I've uh, assisted other people or if I've played a good game. And I think that's just coming from me when I was younger, and that's also. I'm just a big fan of it. Like I love football, and um, I love just being able to have the ball and have the whole pitch in front of me. And then when I see someone making a run, I'm like, yeah, I want to give them that ball. And that's probably more my kind of game. Yeah. Yeah, because I've I've always thought one of the reasons I think you're quite calm in front of goal is because it, like you say, it doesn't play on your mind if you haven't scored for a couple of games. So I get this sense that. You don't because you don't really mind. It doesn't weigh on you, and therefore you you stay quite calm in the penalty area. Yeah, maybe I think that's definitely like I think uh, especially here at Arsenal, like I don't feel the pressure at all for scoring the goal. I would say because I've got a slightly different goal at national team. Sometimes I'm probably am more bothered about goals as I am here, but then it's still in the end like what you said. Like if I play a good game, if I like set up other people that's totally fine for me and then um, I can be totally happy and go to bed without any problems and yeah so as you say Anne-Marie she 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 still really kind of has that mentality of, of dropping into the 10 that's where she you know where she really really likes to operate um I I guess to kind of move the discussion on a little bit um with how winning Euro 2017 um, changed things for these players in, in terms of certainly in terms of their profile because every time you know I, I watch Netherlands quite closely um, for obvious reasons but every time they're playing at home you know there's crowds of over 20,000 stadiums selling out every single time um, I, I asked Viv about that how, how winning Euro 2017 changed her life and, and this was her response yeah, it definitely changed my life, but I think um, the biggest change just is like if you walk in Poland on the streets, everyone recognizes you, and I think no one ever thought that was possible, probably in football, like, uh, I can't go for dinner anymore, I can't go out of the house with my mom and dad, because they're like, oh, look, there's me, the man, that's just something you have to get used to, but uh, I think as well playing the final in Holland, like in a sold-out stadium, with probably a really good game for other people to watch as well, and the parade the day after, like, were probably one of the best moments I'll ever have in my footballing career. 
and there you know she talks about you know going into cafes and and people recognizing her and things like that for you Amory, as someone who is covering the national team before euro 2017 how did you know how did how did you see the change and how has the profile of these players changed since winning that tournament well, there, first of all, there, you could hardly find any articles in the media. Uh, I think even a month before the Euros, you you can you couldn't even tell there was going to be the Euros in the Netherlands, you know. And so it was until two weeks before the tournament started, people were kind of feeling something something was about to happen. Uh, there was going to be a football tournament, and it was women, and it's like okay, you know. So. Um, that's why I, I wrote my first book because people had no idea who these players were. Uh, they had no, they didn't, they knew Miedema because she scored two goals, uh, which made them go to the World Cup in 2015. But then the performance of the Netherlands in Canada, it was so poorly that everyone's like, eh, you know, enough with the women's game. Um, so n- nobody knew what to expect. And then after 2017, it was massive. Like I will never forget the moment um, where they were in a boat in Utrecht and they were <clears throat> driving through the canals and there were ten thousands of people just, you know, cheering for them. And they got on the stage and the whole park was just filled with families, like small children, everyone, they they all wore Miedema on the back, you know, of their shirt or Lika Martens. And for me, it, people can criticize the game. They can criticize the women's game and say it's not as good as the men's. That's all fine. But for me, it makes me so emotional looking at the younger kids, looking at those girls or boys, but wearing those jerseys, looking up to Miedema, looking up to Lika Martens and think, wow, that could be me. You know, and I think for the players that has changed because they want their autograph. I mean, if if they pr- have practice like yesterday or the week before, they have an open practice and there's like hundreds of kids waiting for them to finish, you know, and get their autographs and selfies. Um, and the same for, with the media. We were with five or six journalists in Canada and there were 20 or 30 journalists in the Euros. And by the time they reached to the finals, it was like 50 or 60. It was insane. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I mean, I, I think, um, I, I, I just kind of really get this sense, particularly from social media as well, that there's, there's just this kind of real energy around when the Dutch team play. And, and I know one thing they're really good at that you alluded to is doing like open training sessions so that people have regular contacts with these players and like you say they're getting autographs they're getting selfies they're getting kind Mm -hmm. of that close contact that because perhaps that's one of the things you lose right at a women's game when there's 25,000 people in the stadium all the time as there is now for for Netherlands is you don't quite get that close contact so one of the the things they've been quite good at is kind of opening up the training sessions is that something that's really happened since 2017 or is that something they always did? Um, they always did it, but now it gets more attention because they want to keep the attention to the open trainings. Because the thing is, um, like you said, they play in bigger stadiums. And also, it's not possible anymore. Uh, actually, the, the manager, Serena Wiegman, she told me that uh, three months after Euro 2017, they've been the hardest uh, months months in her life for keeping the team together for pleasing the audience. And she said, we can't please 
everyone anymore like we used to. Like they used to walk after the effort, every game. They used to walk just around around the field with a marker in their hands and they would hand out autographs. And since 2017, that's impossible. So what they do, they focus on the open training, invite everyone, say like, hey, you can watch there and you can get your autograph, you can get a selfie. Um, so it's kind of like shifting attention a bit. Um, yeah, Ben, and it's the same for the players. They really have to get used to people knowing their names. I mean, they're they're walking on the street like well, like Fifth says she's walking, and people are like, hey, that's Mitema. I mean, that must have been so weird <laughs> for them after 2017. Yeah, of course, and um, obviously Vivian Miedema and Daniel Van der Donk, not the only Dutch players um, that Arsenal have or have had. Um, well, since the summer. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And, and Pippa, I, I believe you wanted to ask a couple of questions about um, our dearly departed uh, Dutch duo, Dominic Bloodworth yeah. and Sari van Wienendaal. <laughs> Which was such a surprise, by the way. I know, I know, I think it was you that said you wasn't surprised, Tim. I think you might have known. But I was super yeah. surprised with both of them leaving. Um, but especially with Sari, she didn't play much for Arsenal in the last season. But, you know, she was Golden Glove winner at, at the World Cup recently. What, what, what do the Netherlands fans think of Sari as a player and uh, why she wasn't playing much for her club team at Arsenal? Do they well, have a view on that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, I mean, they grew atten- the attention grew towards the World Cup. Um, the media has been following the team since 2017 very closely. So now people noticed that she, uh, they noticed she wasn't playing for Arsenal, which is also new, right? Because she, she got confronted with it. And which like three or four years ago, nobody would have known like, oh, is she playing actually or not? And now everyone knew. Um, we were surprised as well because we think uh, Sarvin Feyenoord is a really good uh, goalkeeper. So we were surprised and... Especially when the manager, Serena Wiegman, choose for a second option, Luz Gertz. So there was actually competition between those two towards the World Cup. And um, we weren't even sure Sari would be the first goalie for our World Cup. And she waited a really long time to announce the first goalkeeper. And then Sari announced she would leave Arsenal. So she took a massive gamble. Like, I mean, what if she wouldn't have played the World Cup? Would there have been a club for her? So... It's it's incredible what happened to Sarah van Venable in the past six months, actually, yeah. if you think about it. Um, but she's, I think, after Miedema and Lika Martens, maybe she needs from the Sun, but she's in the top five most popular players of the Dutch team. Cause she's, oh, wow. Yeah, people really like her for... Just who she is, just who she is. You could see it at the FIFA um, award show. That was her. That was her for 100% and that's what people like just yeah normal <laughs> and of course how about Dominic Bloodworth another Arsenal departy in the summer uh, how is she perceived by the Netherlands fans um, uh, I hate to say it like, like really well because um, like sh- she's, she's a really cool person and of course everyone picked up on the story about her and her husband Um but uh, I think she's underestimated. Um, she's a defender, so she's not in the spotlights like Miedema, like Daniela van der Donk. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah, I don't know. She's quite, if you don't know her, you would think she's shy. But then she when does come across quite shy. Yeah. And when you talk to her, she, she opens up and, and actually she, she talks really, yeah, 
about a lot of things and um so i think that's kind of her yeah she's not as open as daniela van der donk or spontaneous or happy she's just she was there for a while but i think now when people thought about that she played every match in the qualifications for the world cup she was the only one actually who played mm-hmm. every single minute and they were like oh wow we didn't know and then she got more the spotlight on her yeah what was the what was the what was the mood like when she left Arsenal? Well, yeah, like it 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 it's sad for her, but it was just it was well, it was a transfer. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> you know it's it was different from Sarah van Veenendaal because it was not as spectacular. Maybe mm-hmm. it's different from Miedema because she's well, she's Miedema. Um She made the move, and 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 people were interested. Well, we kind of got it because Wolfsburg is, especially in the Champions League, right? It, it's a well-known club. Mm-hmm. I personally, I'm not sure what to think about it because I don't think the German competition is as strong as the English one. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I think what's quite interesting with Dom is that she, I, I spoke to her a lot during her time at Arsenal and she still wants to play in midfield. That's where she sees herself. But um, she pretty much always gets played in, in defence. Um, I, I, I'm not actually sure where she's been playing for for Wolfsburg, whether she's been playing in defence or midfield. I know for Netherlands, it's always been, kind of came in at left back and then, you know, it's been that kind of ball playing centre half. But I think she still sees herself as a midfielder, definitely. Well, she changed position now. She she conquered. She really got her spot in the central uh, mm. defense. So she's one of the central defenders, and she really earned her spot. And um, it's amazing that she's as good with her left foot as she is with her right foot. Like yeah. I, I'm I'm a big fan of her, and and also as as who she is um, as a person. Um, so yeah, it, it could have. And she's played in Germany before, so maybe mm. you know. Uh, she knows the competition and she she might want to play for Wolfsburg because it's a really good club. But I thought she was really strong when playing for Arsenal, but I don't know if her chance, chances would have changed for this season. I think you guys know that better. Yeah, mm. I th- I think because she was, she was playing really well in, in midfield and then Arsenal bought Leo Valti and, um, and Leo Valti is top, top class in that position. And I think maybe she saw... That um, she was just going to be, she was going to be a defender at Arsenal, um, and that she wasn't going to be able to play in midfield, and 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 yeah, and and you know also yeah, Wolfsburg's a, a great club, and it's it's difficult to turn down, and I think it was certainly when I spoke to her just before she left, and she said she found that to be a big dilemma. But speaking of Dutch players that have played in Germany um, and perhaps took a gamble with a transfer in the summer. Uh, Gilles Raud is another really, really interesting player um, and, and a player who I read an interview with her just before she came to Arsenal Amory and I, I, I don't know who it was with, but she was wearing the number 12 shirt, I believe, for Netherlands and she swapped it um, for yeah. number 19 because she said, that's how I feel. I feel like number 12. And, and she was basically saying, I'm sick of feeling like number 12 because she she wasn't quite in that first 11 but she was very close but Mm. recently since the World Cup she's kind of broken into that front three is that right Anne-Marie? Yeah well of course it was amazing that she she scored the first goal at the World Cup 
and that was the moment that she she entered the mix zone and she's like wow it's the first time uh you won't let me pass through like she was <laughs> <laughs> like it was the first time everyone wanted her quotes and um that's also the first time she said like okay now i'm definitely done with number 12. <laughs> um so that yeah that was that was funny i i, I mean she is funny that she's uh, yeah she's really nice um and um uh well after the world cup i have to say she's been during the world cup she's been playing as a left forward mm. which and wigman allows her to come more to the middle which is good because then she can get the, in the combination with uh, Miedema mm. and daniela van der donk and i love her technique she has I think she has the best technique of the whole team. Uh, it's so she makes it look so easy. The, her ball control, the way she mm-hmm. controls the ball, it looks so easy. Mm-hmm. But we have to remember, Lika Martins is injured. Yeah. And if Lika Martins is really fit, you have her on the left, and then we have a midfield. Well, you know, you have Daniela van der Donk, Jackie Groene, and we have Sherida Spitze. Mm. So who are you going to swap? I mean, it, it has to come from one of those three. Mm-hmm. And now it's from Lika Martins. But when Lika Martins is back, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I wish her <laughs> I wish her all the best. I mean, she's really good, but I, I have no idea. It's And, and that's really interesting as well, because I found her decision to come to Arsenal pleasantly surprising, because I think she's a great player, but surprising nonetheless, because she wasn't really playing as much as she wanted at Bayern. And then she's come to Arsenal where you know Arsenal have Jordan Nobbs and Kim Little and Daniela van der Donk um, basically playing in her position already Um, and she's played all over the place for Arsenal already she's played as the number six in front of the defense she's played on the left we we played her as a number nine um, in the last game up front and so she's she's kind of moved around a lot I I thought her her decision to come to Arsenal was very interesting given that Arsenal, in her position, probably have more depth than any other team in the world, bar bar Leon, um, and maybe Bayern Munich, the team that she came from. So um, I, I don't know if there was any kind of perception of oh wow she's she's gone to Arsenal. There's and she's almost directly competing with Daniela Vanderdonk, um, you know her national teammate, which which was kind of an interesting and I think very brave choice. Yeah, I think I think it was brave as well. I I, I didn't expect her to play uh, for Arsenal that much already, but she has been playing a lot. Um, but the way we look at the German competition and to Bayern Munich is the same. You know, it's the way of playing. I mean, you could see Miedema, um grow more physically, and the same thing happened with Jill Ward. So it's about strength and getting the ball forward. And I mean. If you look at the player that Jill Ward is, with her technique, with her control over the ball, um, the way she moves over the field, you know, the way she moves, it's so it's interesting to watch. Uh, I think that's more suitable for a club like Arsenal um, that has way more football in it. And I don't know, it could be in her favor to be able to play in so many positions. Mm. But then, if it if this continues for the whole season, isn't isn't she gonna feel like oh? Like, do I belong somewhere? Or I don't know how she would, yeah, how that will be after a couple of months. You yeah, know? I agree. Is is she just going to feel like number 12? 
um again yeah. I, I i do think there is a little bit of a risk of that but um i guess um talking about jill um maybe to to wrap up the podcast i had the opportunity to speak to jill after the 8-0 win over slavia prague in the champions league about her time at arsenal and her decision to come to england and this is what she had to say Okay, Jill, first question. How are you enjoying life at Arsenal so far? Uh, really, I really like it here. I really like the, like the girls, the team, and um, the way we play, and uh, the whole atmosphere uh, in England, around the games and everything. So uh, I'm really happy. And uh, it must be really familiar for you here, because obviously you've got Dutch international yeah, teammates, yeah, yeah. lots of ex-Bayern players yeah, as well. Um, it, uh, does it kind of feel like a, a bit of a home from home already? Uh, it never feels like home, I have to say. <laughs> Live in a different country, but uh, no, it's 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 nice to have uh, some Dutch girls here and uh, some Bayern Munich girls. So um, yeah, makes it feel a bit more like home. Yeah. And uh, how many of them did you speak to uh, before you came here? Obviously, you came here with Leone yeah, yeah. and Manu um, already, but um, I take you must have spoken to Viv and DVD about coming here. Yeah, of course. But I have to say that I already made my choice. Um, yeah, I had a really good feeling here, and I know the Dutch girls here, uh, Sari and Do- Dominique as well, as well. They were really happy here as well, so I already knew that uh, yeah, that they liked it here. And I, I think you took quite a bit of a risk coming here, because um, I, yeah. I know you said that um, you know, at Bayern you weren't happy with the amount that you were playing, and that you really want to force your way into the starting yeah. eleven of uh, the Netherlands. Um, and you come to Arsenal where there's a lot of people who yeah. play in your position. Um, what, was the, what were the conversations like that you had with Joe before you came here about your role? Um, yeah, he just, like, he really wanted me and he had a lot of confidence in, in my my game. And he also said, like, I think you really fit in the way we want to play. And um, obviously there's there are a lot of good players here, but that's a challenge for me. And I think that made, that's going to make me develop even more. So... Um, I'm not like that. I think that's good. And you played quite a few different roles already. You've kind of played in front of the defence. You yeah. played at Chelsea as a second striker. Um, are you quite used to that? As a striker, or you mean the different uh, just position? Playing different um, positions. No, not really. I've always played a ten, and since I've got here, I have to say, last season in Bayern, I also sometimes played as a six. But I have to say, I like it. It's different. Uh, it can be different every game, and. Um, I think it's good for my development to, to play like different styles, different different ways. So um, that's fine. And uh, you've kind of grown up playing with uh, Vivian Miedema mm-hmm. um, at club level, uh, sorry, international level, international level. Um, and she's just scored her 50th goal for Arsenal tonight. Did she? Oh, I didn't yes, know. yeah. Fif- well, now it's 52 and 50 starts. Wow. Um, for Arsenal, um, what's it like having her as a club mate now, as much as as well as an international teammate? I mean, that's great. Uh, first of all, Vivian. Is world class. She's she's an amazing player. Uh, I really like to play with her. I think we have a good connection together, and also off the pitch we have a really good conne- connection. Like we're we're really good friends. Um, so uh, for me, it's uh, really nice to have her here. And uh, there seems to be this kind of generation of Dutch players around your age, around Viv's age, uh, Linus Beerenstein, uh-huh. players like that. Is there something specific that um, that happened in Netherlands to bring up that that generation, or was it just a bit of a coincidence? Do you think? I think it's a coincidence. I am um, like uh, we're just doing really good in Holland um, with yeah, my generation, but also the older the older people. Um, it's just going really well, and I hope to uh, keep it that way. 
And a final question. Um, I read an interview with you last week and you were talking about some of the differences between the WSL and the Bundesliga. Yeah. Um, and you were talking about how there were kind of more rules um, in, <laughs> in Germany, in Germany yeah. Liga. And actually, I read an interview with uh, Dominic Bloodworth, and she, she said, said the same. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. She said exactly yeah. the same. So, other than that, what are the main differences do you think between the WSL, perhaps um, tactically uh, or on the pitch? I think uh, the, the speed of the game is higher here. It's also because in, in Germany you have like two really good teams, and all the other clubs are yeah lower. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the difference in quality is. is is high in, in, in the Bundesliga and here you have almost every week like a really good game a really good uh, opponent so that makes the speed of the game higher and that makes it um, yeah tougher sometimes lovely yes? thank you very right. much cheers well thanks for listening thanks to our guest Anne-Marie and we'll be back with another episode next month Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.